This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! episode man i mean i i I like to make sure each episode is at least half an hour long i haven't got much to say about this have you um no do we do we do we pad it out with with any 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 thoughts on um eastern european military tactics good lord no (laughs) no because because then suddenly (laughs) a half hour pod becomes two hours um of of hot takes that you don't want to hear <laughs> neither do the listeners so we'll keep it just to swindon oh man I, you know before the the mauling of walsall on tuesday i was having a mare getting to swindon and i wasn't vibing it and on saturday i was fully looking forward to it but i was still having a mare because i don't like leaving the family at the best of times, but on Saturday I go to the football, and child number one, the heir to my throne, you know, <laughs> she was playing up a little bit, uh, and I was like, right, well, come to the football with me, you know, come to Swindon. So I bought the ticket; it's only a pound, and the the only seat left on our row was the seat next to me, which I I will not take personally. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and bought a train ticket for it, which is about eight quid, all sorted. It was just packing the bag full of all the essentials that you need when a six-year-old goes to football with you. Because let me tell you one thing, Dave, they ain't watching the football. <laughs> and then she just looks at me so nonchalantly after I said, right, I bought everything, I'm saying, ah, I'll stay with mum. <laughs> Well, it's it sounds like a, a a good a good threatening punishment for the future. She's acting up again. Yes, I've I've bought I've bought tickets for all the games that I'm planning to attend. So even if I'm not there, my seat and the seat next to me is now is now taken. So yes, she will be to at least two, I think. But what a baller move from her! You know, somehow punishing me um, for something I didn't do by making me spend money. I didn't want to spend so you know fair play you've got a yeah you've got to respect the hustle there two minutes in um there's loads to talk about this game i think that was the third unchanged 11 that we've had do you think that had had a detrimental impact it was absolutely the right decision based on the last two performances but did we not seem a little leggy um, on saturday against salford uh yeah, I think especially towards the end of the game, you could see it playing out that way, and I think the injuries played a part of that as well. The 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 front three just were either off or hobbling around by the end. Um, I think looking at the bench, hands are tied a little bit still. I think in terms of depth, um, and I mean going through the team, you're not gonna you're not gonna replace the keeper, and it's harsh to to change the back four. Um, he's kept three clean sheets on a row. There's not really much difference you can do in the midfield, and the strikers were uh, kind of the, the strongest ones available again. So it's, yeah, it's definitely the right thing to do. Um, not entirely sure what else could have done differently. Uh, we do need to possibly rotate. We've got another um, spell in the next. I think we've got a week off this week, haven't we? But then. I think after that, we've got three games in a week again. So maybe, hopefully, we'll start seeing some players come back as well by then so we can start to be a bit, uh, maybe rotate players a bit more and freshen things up a little bit when they start to go stale. I always feel bad for sort of highlighting the negative sides of press conferences because I have a whole podcast episode feature dedicated to the presser, but I'm still not convinced um, that they are that worthwhile for us because they like to tell porky pies but one one thing that was mentioned pre-Salford was that Dion Conroy was back now Dion Conroy wouldn't have walked into that lineup because as you quite rightly mentioned the back four they hadn't done a lot wrong over the last few games but he wasn't even on the bench do you think there's something in this do you think there's it's more than just fitness do you think this is this is Anthony Grant 2.0 playing out where in the early stages of Grant not playing for Swindon, he was available, but every week we were seeing that he wasn't even on the bench. Or do you think this is just Ben Garner easing an injured player back in gently? Um, I I find it hard to think that there's not more to it. I mean, so on the, is, is Ben Garner easing him back in gently or is he not telling the whole truth? I don't think that's the case because he's, you look at Jack Payne, and he's easing him back in very, very gently by the sounds of it. Every last, he's been about 5% away for about the last three weeks, I think. Whereas, talking about Conroy, Conroy, by the sounds of it, has been fit and training for the last two. And he's the he's the club captain, which 
if in a in a perfect and healthy world that that counts for something and we've got two other center backs on the bench ahead of him one of which Baldry hasn't played for um god knows how long so yeah it's hard to you've got to think that there's something more to it there i don't know what that is necessarily i mean there are there are rumors about some of his behavior some earlier in the season which you see floating around um on various corners of twitter and the internet but if there's any truth to those it it might give some indication why he might have fallen out of favor but it's there's de- there has to be more to it he can't just be form and fitness he's not he's not a perfect player by any means but he is the captain and yeah, I think he is probably a better player than Baldry at this point. So it doesn't make sense on pure on pure um, playing terms why he wouldn't at least make the bench. Yeah, and would you say, as a side, you know, the fans, some fans have really latched on to this anti-Dion Conroy rhetoric. Do you think that's fair? Um, I don't, not particularly. I don't. I think it depends if what people assume is true, isn't it? You know, yeah. <laughs> if, if 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 the assumptions people are making are accurate, then you know there's something in it, and his performances can blow hot and cold. But he can also be very effective, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he can. I think being the captain is the lightning rod when things go bad, and it's. I think it probably just comes with the comes with the territory in a way because we in in this country we massively over overstate the importance of. The one, the one man out of eleven wearing a piece of ribbon around his arm, but I don't think his performance necessarily warrant. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think he's, I don't think he's all that. I think he's an average League Two defender who has decent distribution, but he's not. I don't think it's best worthy of undue raining down on him with hell and scorn. <laughs> oh, let's get back to the game then, or at least the pre-game. I was watching the two teams warm up, especially the shooting practice. And I got to be honest, I was watching Salford and I was going, oh, this isn't going to be any issue because their, their shooting practice was lousy. And then I turned to Swindon doing the same and it wasn't much better. So it's usually <laughs> for me an indication of what's ahead. And it was a bit of a meh day, wasn't it? Which will look yeah. good in writing when I call that the title of this episode. Because like, it was flat from the very start. It was flat on the pitch. It was flat in the stands. It felt like those games nearer to the end of the season, that's on a, a Sunday at 12 o'clock. You know, nobody's ready for it. And it, it just, all of the buzz from the Tuesday seemed to not be there from the very start. Yeah, it drift, the whole thing kind of drifted along. And in either side, in, in terms of the game, neither side really really got going too well um in terms of the, the the crowd there wasn't much atmosphere i don't know if the the, the ticket in gremlin seems to have come back i don't know if that's due to the crowd size or not but there was still a large volume of people coming in with five minutes of the first half played so i don't know if if, if the crowd's full and everyone's in before the game maybe 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 things are a bit a bit louder and raucous then but grasping at straws a little there i think um it's just, yeah, there's a tendency a bit like that, a bit of that to happen at the county ground sometimes. And that's probably not helped by um, Salford's away following being what it was, which it's not to like, it's not to um, try and have a dig at them. They are what they are, they are the size of the club that they are and they have the following that they do, like they brought what they did. But it's not, again, it's, it's not, it's not big for what we've seen 
in this league and it's not going to be conducive to a, a fiery atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, that was the fourth game that we've had this season at the county grounds, including Man City, that we've had over 10,000 through the gate, which is amazing. But we've still only, oh, I don't even think we've won one of them. I think we drew against Bristol Rovers and Exeter, Salford were yeah. losses and a fair few of the 9,000s we haven't won. We definitely won a couple because we beat, obviously, Walsall and Scunthorpe, but a lot of the others... You know, the four ten thousand. I always see that as a missed opportunity. I know it's a, only a couple of hundred here and there, but it just feels like when we're just getting the bums on the seats, we go and put a drab performance in, and which you know what the floating fan is like. They they judge it on what they've experienced and not necessarily what they've missed out. So it was a bit disappointing in that in that strand. But we weren't terrible. You know, I think Connor was saying in in the WhatsApp group, and I completely agree with him. We've played worse and won this season, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think at Salford themselves, we were quite lucky to get away with the win from what I remember. So it's it's just one of those games. You have them sometimes. It's, it's a fairly even game. I think a draw would have been a fair result. One side nicked it instead of the other. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Comparing it to the Exeter game where there are similarities in that you you know, you go you go one nil up and things are looking quite rosy and then you're on the back of a two one defeat. It doesn't feel anywhere near as bad as that. And I don't know how much of that is the context of it's coming off the back of three wins, so there's a bit of credit in the bank there, or how much of it is just that it didn't feel like we were losing the game to Salford. Well, we obviously lost the game, so that's a stupid statement to say. We lost the game to Salford, but it didn't feel like they were massively outplaying us and they were putting us under the cosh and the pressure and pressure was building. They just had two chances and they took both of them. It, it happens. They also had the miss of the season in the first <laughs> half, didn't they? And I mean, from where I was sat, it was in. But you've done your uh, Uber analysis which you know involves pausing it at the right place and zooming in, but it's all it's all we've got, and it might. I don't think the assistant could have ever known to the degree that how close it was, but he might just have made the right decision. I think so. I'm with you. When watching it live in the ground, it looked like it was in so by in by a mile. But um, yeah, my uh, my homemade League Two VAR as as you say, pausing a Twitter video and uh, zooming in as close as I can. It does look like the shadow of the ball is on the goal line, um, and I've not I've not triangulated the angle of the sun for the time of the year to work out exactly. But based on based on that alone, I think he probably got the call right, and it's fair play to him. I think we're probably losing in that both how bad of a miss it was, and also. What I completely missed at the time was the um, the, the the wrestling suplex manoeuvre that Cooper Cooper puts on the Salford player who goes in for the follow up. We just launches him kind of to the ground, and I no, looking back on it, we're very lucky to not give away a penalty for that because there's, there's a reason he missed that follow up, and it's because Cooper was dragging him down to the ground by his waist. God, look at that! That V V Davar yes. gives us hope with the uh, ball not crossing the line, but then wants to give Salford a penalty for a textbook yeah. suplex. <laughs> even even handed. It was just an opportunity for me to crowbar V. Deva into the... Uh... I'll take, take it. <laughs> Please do. And that was really the, the highlight of the half, wasn't it? That was, I mean, in my mind... Yeah. Not much happened in that first half. In fact, I think I remember saying in the, in, in the interval, during the interval, that it felt like a nil-nil. And given the way that all three goals were pretty terrible, kind of, you know, 
might back me up a little bit that it took terrible, terrible goals to uh, to <laughs> to put this game uh, beyond a nil nil. But yeah, yeah, it was it was it it was just it just felt like a hangover game that everyone just was not feeling it at all. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. There wasn't much going in terms of chances. Um, I, I mean, watching the highlights back, we had there was a couple of half chances from an angle like McCurdy on a run and. Um, one of the one of the sulfur players hit a right pile driver that clipped the outside of the post. But yeah, like you say, apart from that, it was um, it was fairly even. We were, we looked like we were trying to we got a bit of joy and got near the penalty area with some quick balls over to McCurdy and Barry, but nothing was really coming of them. But um, yeah, like you say, even even. But I found it quite intriguing. It felt like there'd be a a one goal swing in it. What did you think of Salford and Boyer did Boyer things tactically, didn't he? I mean, we've we've had Bowyer, I should say. We we we've had a fair share of Bowyer games with Blackpool, and this felt much like it. It felt like the fans, because we'd heard of him, were all looking at Matt Smith with an element of worry, and it turned out that Matt Smith weren't all that. But Brandon Asante seemed far more threatening, especially in the second half. Um, yeah, I think Salford were um, fairly decent. De- like, like, like you say, they were, they were a, um, a Gary Bowyer side. They were a decent, um, defensively drilled, hard to break down and look to put crosses into the box and capitalise on set pieces. Um, Asante Samuel, I think, has a bit of an air. I mean, I know it's a bit tacky to just compare players to premiership players because we've heard of them but he does have a bit he did have a bit of an air of um try Amanda Triore for me in that he's he's big he's strong he's fast but um Amanda what's good old Mandy de Triore <laughs> what's his name Adama Adama that's it oh, oh Mandy, Mandy. <laughs> well okay yeah but he reminded me a lot of him yeah no no fine. yeah just, he'd, he'd be more likely to dribble it out of play than do anything threatening but yeah they were they were they were what they were they were what they were i mean this is a game where you know salford fans the how many did they bring that was it 94 that yeah, they so- brought which is just embarrassingly low but that's you know given given their history and and so forth I guess they'll be very happy with that and you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they didn't deserve the win I think it was a definitely a 1-1 sort of 90 minute before it was it was a it was a draw and they they just did what teams do I think they did what teams traditionally do in league two but we don't see it as much anymore and that's that sort of Mm -hmm not smash a grab but just take your chances and and then just defend the hell out of the rest but yet again Swindon conceded late on and they didn't have to do much which we'll get to but Swindon did take the lead it was from a set piece and as was mentioned in the commentary probably one of the smallest players on the on the pitch with with a free header um, which you know was great because he scored and he got to do a celebration, but I think it, that might have injured him too. Yeah, a bit bizarre how it how it, 
<laughs> McCurdy just um, kind of stands on the the edge of the six yard box, and there's a whole load of movement, and the goalkeeper comes piling in in front of him, and everyone's missing it, and he just kind of nods it in. Doesn't move at um, all, does he? No, it's it's. Uh, I, I doubt he scored many goals like that in his career. Yeah, he took it well. From I, th- I I'm not sure how he did the injury because I thought I assumed he would have he slid, but watching it back, he he doesn't no, he lands uh, awkwardly, he, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. land well. I mean, he's celebrating and he's. He's he's definitely not going full pelt in his usual celebration, yeah. but it, it, his goal is very much like what what you would expect a centre forward to score an own goal doing, not really knowing it's the ball's coming <laughs> yeah. to his head and then just directing <laughs> it in. In the nineties, that's Harry McCurdy on our own six yard box and just putting yeah. it in uh, for the opposition to score. But hey, it's another goal for him. He's he's having a great season goals wise, and but it we it's it's not. It's, it's, I guess, measure of a, a player in form. He's not had a great few games, but, you know, he's still, every now and again, he still finds the opportunity and he takes it. He, 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 when, yeah, he, he, he can look frustrating when he's not um, taking those chances because he, he does try a lot. Um, he There were like quite a few silly efforts, really, and he is, he is fond of like that, just shooting from anywhere almost. But he's our top goal scorer and, I mean... He's putting the ball in the net. He's he's galvanised the crowd. He's a fan's favourite. He's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, fair play to him. I don't. I think he's exceeded my expectations this season by a long way. Um, mm. Particularly from kind of the slow start to the season that he had. And yeah, I'm happily eat humble pie on that at the minute. But bad weekend for him. Loss oh, yeah. for Swindon and his beloved Chelsea. Lost on penalties to Liverpool. So my thoughts. Uh, firmly with McCurdy or McGurty or McCurdy or whatever Paul Bowden <laughs> was calling him. But Paul Bowden, frankly, can call him whatever the hell he wants. And really for Swindon, that's it then, isn't there? There was a little bit of um a little bit bit of possession immediately after where we should have really made the most out of it. But we really yeah. really didn't do much more after this, did we? Not particularly, no. Like you said, we we there was a little five minute spell after the goal where there is a bit of noise from the crowd and there's um I think there's Aguiar has a shot from the edge of the area where he should have maybe made the keeper work a bit better and um Barry is Barry comes in at the back post where it's a it's a tight angle. Um and I think he does about as well as he does, but it's a it's still a good chance and if one of those goes in it's two nil and I think that's that's game over then. But we didn't take the chances and it's around that time where McCurdy's got his knock. I think Barry picked up his knock in that chance, which I just mentioned there. Yeah. Davison was like he was um, crocked around the same time and we just started to lose a bit of that energy and momentum that we had up front and losing that outlet that we had. And like you say, that, that kind of ended up being it then as far as it was for a, like a, an attacking threat. Yeah, the ball from Agua for Barry where he hurt himself yeah. was sublime. If, if that goes in, my goodness, we're, we're winning this game 4-0. It was just, you know, there's been a few recently, including opposition, where they've put it in the right place and the player, the attacker, hasn't been in, you know, in the position that you want them to be in. But that that was incredible because we all thought he was going to just feed it onto McCurdy, I think. But to yeah. bend it across like he did was absolutely phenomenal and such a shame it didn't work off. It was really noticeable that the dynamic three were struggling in that 
in that second half and I really hope um, only Davison played the full 90 and he was hobbling but I, I don't know if that's just a part of the way he walks he, he tends to <laughs> hobble most weeks but yeah. we need those firing off all cylinders don't we yeah they're very important and it's that point again where there's just not a lot of options from off the bench um, particularly Davison where we need that physical outlet up front and if he if we don't have him there's we we literally don't have a like for like replacement even disregarding quality there's just no one else who i don't think could do that similar kind of role in the in the squad at the minute it was a quiet game for Barry wasn't it he, he wasn't able to do the things that have impressed in the last two as much has he no 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 he he was marked quite tightly and quite out of the game but he still managed to show you could see the way his technique was and how he was on the ball that he's he's definitely got the talent and I mean I've <laughs> I've missed the last two home games so I've, I've oh I've not, yeah, no I've no <laughs> I've oh. just I've dropped oh, Dave <laughs> oh at least were there good reasons uh no not really <laughs> oh no. Just oh, no, I give the big guns because I, you know, I've mentioned it already on the pod, but I can't begin to tell you how close I wasn't go to going on Tuesday against Walsall. I was definitely leaning towards not going, and I sort of dragged myself, and I did not regret it. And this time, I was like perky and ready for another, you know, similar performance, and it, it didn't, it didn't go to plan. And there was an equaliser um, about ten minutes on, wasn't there? And it's yeah. it's in terms of like goals conceded it's it's not a nice one to concede and we will look back at them with with regrets and you know we're static but it it, it doesn't infuriate me in terms of this goal it, it, i don't look at this and scream what the hell's going on it's just just one of those yeah there's i mean there's no there's no howler of an individual defensive mistake it's just a few little examples of bad defending, which the attacking team capitalised. And um, I mean, that sentence can describe about 90% of goals that get scored. Yeah. O'Brien sticks his leg out and it's got, it's off for a corner. I think that's, that's pretty, and yeah. I think that's what Wallacott wants. Yeah. Um, and then there's nobody marking uh, Shepard behind. And that is that. And I got to say, that was the slowest reaction to a goal from the away end that I have ever heard. And I've got no metric to, <laughs> to, to it provide, was but it was, it was more than seconds. It felt. It, well, yeah, it was, it was very weird experience when that goal went in. Cause so oftentimes you'll get a bit of a reaction from the home crowd as well, but there was literally nothing and just silence. It was it was bizarre because we Very couldn't even say that we knew it was coming or anything like that. It just went in, and yeah. you know when you go to a game, especially non-league games where you don't support either side, and a goal goes in, and you just continue talking to your mate next to you. It, it was like yeah. that, you know. Everyone was just like, "Oh, oh, oh, all right, <laughs> fine." It, it was flat at the county ground this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But why? What 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 is the reason for that? It's a big crowd, you know, a team that we've never seen play at the county grounds. You know, not a huge team, but it's something a bit different. We've just won three nil, three nil, five nil, and I guess I I sort of say this because I'm vocally saying in more than one pod that this team rises up to atmosphere, 
atmosphere is what you know feeds this particular squad and we give them nothing not even when we were 2-1 down in the last five minutes we didn't do anything we just we were, I guess we were a bit down on the fact that we conceded late on but there was no anger <laughs> there was no there was no um, major support from what I can remember it's a bizarre one isn't it I, I genuinely don't know where we even start is it I mean is it because the players seem apart from McCurdy the players seem kind of so distant so it's hard to kind of build a rapport with them does that matter to people I don't know the, are people come in specifically because they want to watch football or because they've been not able to do something for the last two years that they just want to do anything? Mm. I don't know. Like it's, it's hard, but it's definitely noticeable. Is it? Is it because of the perceived style of football that we're playing, which maybe doesn't get people up and up and excited too readily? I don't know. It's, it, I really don't know, but it, it is it is noticeably there I mean when the county ground's up and rocking it can be a very loud place and opposing teams and opposing managers do comment on it yeah and like um neutral like I've seen you you see these videos now the crop up where people make a habit of going to like games as a neutral and like reviewing their experience and the ones like there's one there where the guy goes to the county ground and he rates it really highly it's during the well-in season but we it, it does have it can have a reputation for being a loud, intimidating place to visit, but it definitely does not feel like that right now. And I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, because the players, you know, they can be... A, I mean, they're spending their Friday mocking Salford fans for, you know, yeah. <laughs> while making their cups of tea. You know, that <laughs> McCurdy's doing his best Willstone Raider impression. Oh, to shit out! Because they've got no fans. You don't know Dred. And... You know, so they've got it in them, and we are quite yeah, well. We're yeah. full of dissenters. <laughs> That's not the right word, but full of mouthy players that get booked unnecessarily. So they're not nicey nicey on the pitch, but we we just seem. I mean, we half hearted stand up if you love Swindon. God, come on, we're better than this, aren't we? <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no individual songs other than McCurdy. I'm just trying to think now, and I don't know if this is because of the personalities or because. They brought success with it, but looking back, the the periods of time where the the atmosphere at the ground and the atmosphere at games seemed to be the best would be the Wellens promotion season, the Decanio era, and the Dennis Wise times. And I know all three of those come with success, and when you're winning games, people are going to be louder. But they were also charismatic managers who kind of got the fan side of it and getting the fans on side. And this isn't meant as a criticism of Ghana. What one bit whatsoever but he doesn't he doesn't approach the he doesn't approach that side of the game in the same way that those those managers did do and I don't know if that contributes to it in any way whatsoever yeah yeah I I do I do think there is there is a sort of a line between the fans and and the the team and the club but we can still do our bit I'm not blaming Swindon supporters for a for a 2-1 loss at home to Salford but it's definitely there's definitely a a flat element and some fans are obviously trying to uh, get the rest of the crowd going but why aren't the rest of the crowd going you know it's, it's very odd and I'm sure there's various reasons but it was very noticeable and it has been noticeable um recently they they win the game with just a few minutes to go, Inclu- not including the goalkeeper. There are seven Swindon players within two yards 
of the town goal. Yeah. What on earth went on there? It's an awful goal. <laughs> it's, it's very poor. It's very poor again. It's I don't know. I, so we're watching it back. Wallacott, he Wallacott gets a nudge, um, but he does misjudge the ball as well. And I think if roles are reversed and that gets given as against the foul against the keeper, I think we get quite upset. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to blame the ref for that. Although, um, as an aside, I think the ref got a lot of ire, didn't he, for um, being a bit. He, I think, it was fairly even. I think he just they were very they the defenders manhandled um, Davison a lot, and he let a lot go, which other you, you often see given as fouls. Um, yeah, the the referee. It's kind of like one of the he the ref I can see what the referee was trying to do. The referee was trying to let the game flow and keep things going, but it was quite apparent at times where you don't play advantage here. Like I think we're going to hear it from one of the uh, listeners. Just because the we've got the ball after the foul doesn't mean it's an advantage to be played, you know. And it it just got more even when it was nil nil, even when Swindon were winning, it it was getting more and more farcical as the game went on. None of the goals were impacted by refereeing decisions, you know. So, but the way the game flowed in terms of entertainment and Swindon trying to do their thing, it it. It did impact, and the and the and the assistant that was on the um, the Don Rogers side, he was about five to ten yards off. So many times where I was thinking that looks offside, and these are offside decisions that benefit Swindon. <laughs> he just looked well off the pace, but it's really difficult and you know I don't like blaming the officials especially after losses and we have been quiet on the officials in the last few weeks and it makes me wonder why as I look at the final scores but he I could see he was trying to benefit you know trying to provide good to the game but it just wasn't working yeah I think that's a fair a fair analysis and like you say it didn't have any bearing on the outcome of the game it's just one of those frustrating things sometimes that that happens but yeah I think he was right not to give the foul against Wallacott. And I think the the sulphur player who heads it in, I forgot his name, but I, th- I think, again, O'Brien, it was his man, mm. and he just lost him in the bundle, and it's a free header. Yeah. Um, it's weak. It's weak defending. The first goal was weak defending. It's not catastrophic. It's just, it just happens. Do you know what? That's what I take from this game. I'm not furious. I just think this happens. That's just... I think the thing that that I take from this more than anything is we've got some tricky games coming up and this one we really needed at least a point from just to go to Bradford, go to Exeter before what will frankly be a tricky game against John Sheridan's Oldham after that at home, just with a little bit more confidence. You know, there's there's no doom-mongering within my tone here. It's just one of those things and we have to rectify the issues because the back four have been fine in recent weeks so we can't even sort of say well Baldry must come in or Conroy must come in it's just it's one of those things it's just one of those games yeah exactly exactly that I mean with looking back with hindsight you you think a Gary Bowyer scene they're going to be disciplined organized they're going to put the 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 center backs under um a lot of pressure with with high balls and getting in their faces do you do you mix that up with and not have two very young and experienced centre-backs playing uh, 
there might have been an argument for that, but that's all hindsight. And I don't think anyone's making that decision before the game on the back of three clean sheets. Um, couple couple more points before we get to listeners' contributions. The lack of urgency after we fell behind. You know, I've, I've called out Swindon fans, which I don't like doing, and it's not really calling out. It's just an observation, really, because I can't say I was booming with vocally um, from the Don Rogers stand, so it would be hypocritical otherwise. But Swindon didn't seem... We, we just kept with the same methodical play to try and get in. There was the one where Parsons almost deflected it in, um, which looked much closer than it probably was. But even in the absolute dying moments, we seem much happy just to play it back, you know, and and it just, there just didn't seem to be any urgency. And maybe that's what the fans are reacting to. The fact that, well, we'll just try and still score the perfect equaliser. You know? But really, we should have been pumping it in there. Yeah. And well, yeah, you say, I know exactly what you mean. And we definitely did need, should have shown a bit more urgency and guile there, but short of um, putting one of the centre-backs up top, which, uh, I mean, going full Tom Broadbent with it, it it's no, not... okay. It's a, it's a tactic, but... Yeah, we do. No, no, that's 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 a fair point. I mean, they brought Parsons on at the end for Hunt in an attempt to have someone up there, and Parsons' little flick pays off, and then Ben Garner's just absolutely nailed it, hasn't he? And just in just one in one change, something that is being talked about is the lack of depth on the bench. Which again, we're not talking about it when we're three nil up or five nil up, but when we're really chasing the game. Jaden Mitchell Lawson really does seem to suffer with the lack of games, doesn't he? I mean, I'm not doubting him as a footballer, but I am doubting the fact that this is a guy who hasn't gone on loan to anybody. And in terms of development, I don't know if they've had any practice games behind the scenes. They've certainly not announced trips to Bristol City or Cheltenham or Portsmouth or Swansea and what have you. And I don't doubt his ability as a footballer, but I do I do question how ready he is to feature. And when the dynamic three started to struggle, there weren't that many options, were there? In an in an ideal world, I think Mitchell Lawson and Parsons would both be playing for Chippenham on loan right now and getting that match day experience. I think like I, like I said earlier, the biggest the biggest worry is we're so reliant on Davidson up front to be that focal point. And earlier in the season, it was Simpson, but to be that focal point, the physical presence up top to kind of try and bully and occupy the defenders. And if we try and put someone else up there, if we try to put McCurdy up there or Barry up there, it's not going to be anywhere near the same. And you, it it just wouldn't work. I think Davison is the critical one. I think we'd obviously miss McCurdy if if he was out, but I think there's enough in the current fit players. And if you assume that Payne must be coming back at some point, you've got Payne, Williams, Barry, can all kind of do a job playing that wide attacking position. Um, but... Would, would the the team would look in such a hole if they didn't have that outlet that that Davison provides? That's the big worry for me in moving forward. The fact that this 
midweek has no fixtures is really good, isn't it? Yeah, send like a few days off training, of just rest and rest and recovery. It's going to be. It should help a lot. I hope get hope, hopefully pain gets back and that gives us another option, either either in the midfield or um, uh, further forward, and things start to start looking a bit um, a bit rosier. But yeah, the week off is is greatly greatly needed. I think swept into the heart of the six yard box by Tomlinson and McCurdy is in there to score. Perhaps the shortest man on the pitch has headed Swindon into the lead. Let's get listeners' reaction then to the two-one loss against Salford, starting with Nick, who says typical Bowyer bully boy team and setup. Thugs with a rugby union forward. Can't blame the ref as most at this level are poo. Midfield creativity through the middle in their half lacking, but one of those days. Man of the match, Iandolo for driving the midfield on. Wardy S says, ugh, sums it up perfectly. Should have got something out of that. Not a great performance, but sort of sums up. We can look class one minute, bang average the next. Still all to play for. Man of the match, Davison for his work rate. Matt says, defend properly and you win that game. Awful defending for the first goal. Awful defending in the build-up to the corner and then from the corner itself. The story of our season so far, sadly, can't get a consistent run going. Man of the match, Reed. John Stone says, referee was Salford's man of the match. For us, Reed. Rob goes with, despite conceding two, O'Brien takes man of the match. Assured on the ball and excellent off it. Disappointing but not a disaster though. Still created chances and feels like a team headed in the right direction, hopefully fast enough before time runs out. STFC Sean reassures us by saying nothing to worry about. Plenty of games left to get us into the playoffs. Daz Smith says he thought O'Brien had another solid game looking very broadband-esque, especially with those 60-yard passes. But man of the match, according to Pete Marsh, was Reed. Feared the worst after McCurty went off. In the final analysis, experience beat inexperience. Mustn't lose sight of what a Cots first half save when he went completely across goal to scoop it out from under the chin of the Salford player. Jimmy Legg says, poor performance against a physical team. Got kicked and wrestled all over the pitch with little to no protection from the officials. Neither team offered much in attack. A draw would have been a fair result. Poor defending for both of their goals. Ugh. Reed, man of the match, but not much to choose from. Dean Morgan says, poor performance. My youngest's first game and probably his last for some time. He might be the jinx. Oh, no. Paul Merriman says, much ado about nothing and lots of grind for no reward. Technically, we were better by defending corners, but Salford defended well and gave us nothing. So we lost to a bankroll team who sent 94 fans. Perhaps we need to learn to win some games 1-0. The Louis Reed man of the match goes to Ellis. Rich Parker calls this game a head-scratcher. Not good enough to win, but didn't deserve to lose either. Typical Boyer kicking lumps out of us and the ref not strong enough to make decisions. Reed, man of the match, closely fought out with Ellis. Bernie Man says, points dropped. Draw would have been a fair result. We looked tired, devoid of ideas in the final third, and not as assured at the back as recently. Maybe the next week with no midweek game will do us good. Our squad depth 
was exposed today. Lack of attacking game changes on the bench. Man of the match, Reed. Neil McLaughlin says, I underlo man of the match for me was everywhere. A poor ref. Hope McCurdy isn't too injured. My wife came along for the first game in a very long while and she enjoyed it and the loaded fries. So that's something, I suppose. Ryan Clifford says, we were too slow and hesitant today. Complete opposite of Tuesday. Reed, man of the match. Ben Nichols says, we shithoused them. They shithoused us. A bit worrying they managed to score two goals whilst offering absolutely nothing going forward. Another game, we miss Jack Payne. We need to bounce back. PJ describes the performance as a tough watch, just a bit meh. Definitely didn't deserve to lose that though. He thought Reed looked off it and if he doesn't have a great game, then the team usually doesn't either. Man of the match, Jake O'Brien. Aylwood says draw would have been a fair result. First goal too easy, second Jojo in no man's land. Reed, man of the match. The one and only Pete Lusty says bugger. That is all. Craig Clark says deserved a draw, but no more. Salford set up well and punished us when we were caught napping. Referee didn't know what was a fair tackle and what was a foul and based his decision on instinct. No consistency at all. Man of the match, Davison for me. Challenges for everything and grafts. Gillian Gray says, Iandolo had a good game today. He was making chances and had a few chances himself. Shame they weren't converted. I know it wasn't just the ref's fault today, but he was shocking. I refer back to a previous episode. We need professional refs in this league. Daz Smith says, another inept performance from another poor referee. He wouldn't have given us the steam off we. I pity Marcus Cassidy for having to pick up all the lumps that were kicked out of our players. I don't mind losing to a better team, but Salford kicked and cheated us out of three points. Paul Temple says, Exeter deja vu, poor defensive decisions and set-piece marking when in control. You could hear a pin drop when the Tim Pot franchise scored. Man of the match, Josh Davison. Such hard work against uncompromising defending. Back three again next week. Bring back the skipper. Jeremy Randall says, disappointing afternoon. The pitch was poor, very bumpy, which didn't help us move the ball quickly. Overall, I thought we deserved at least a draw. Having gone ahead, we had the chances to win, but poor defending cost us two goals. There was some strange refereeing. I'm all for letting the game flow, but only if there is a discernible advantage. Having the ball doesn't always mean advantage should be played. Davison was manhandled all afternoon, wiring protection. Man of the match, Louis Reed. And finally from Lemus, really don't think the Manchester United vanity project offered much. League 2 refereeing really has suffered from the introduction of VAR. O'Brien man of the match, however, a poor day at the office for the whole team. Okay, in terms of man of the match, there were nominations for O'Brien and Davison and Iandolo, but the winner of the Louis Reed man of the match by quite some way was Louis Reed himself. Would you agree with that, Dave? I'd have given it to Reed as well. He's so he's so he's so important to the way that we play. Just, just dictating the dictating the the moving in the midfield. I think I'd agree Davison had a good game, I thought. I thought he occupied the defenders well. Um Iandolo and Agua had their moments in midfield. They didn't play badly by any stretch. I don't think anyone really played badly, but Reed Reed would be my choice for man of the match. I think that's almost all we've got, but before pressing record, my main aim was not to flap, not to be too disheartened and too annoyed by 
this performance and this result because I genuinely don't feel that way. I don't feel like it was the worst we've been. I don't think it's the end of the world, but you know, these things do happen and I can't emphasize that enough because I know what it's like covering football matches on a week by week basis. You kind of live in the moment, but it really shouldn't be the case for this game. No, absolutely. Cause it, it wasn't, it was like I said, it's a, it's a close, close game. I think Salford are probably punching below their weight a bit on where they are in the table. Um, a close game between two fairly evenly matched sides if it if it if it's all come out fairly, it'd have been a draw. One side nicked it ahead of the other. It's not like we've been outplayed, and it's coming off of the back of a of a good run. So there's a bit of credit in the bank. I mean, we're still in the playoffs. I think we're only four points off of um, the automatics. We're we're in a decent position, and we've got a we've got a tough run of games coming up, and that might make or break. Um, how the how the running goes and what we're kind of looking at in terms of ambitions, but I th- we're we're in a decent position still, just as we were on Friday. It's it's not changed since Saturday. Lovely. Well, I think that's everything, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.